Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Once again, as always, it is such a pleasure to be with you. Today, we are in our part two of Test Your Faith. You know, I want to start today by asking a question, and that question is, have you ever wondered if you are truly saved? You know, there's a lot of people in the world that question this, and they question it often. They feel like every time there's uh, an altar call or a salvation call at church, that they feel like they need to go down there and, and say the prayer. There's also people that have a firm faith and believe in their faith, and they don't ever question it. Today, we're going to be looking at, in this part two of our series, is what are ways that we actually can test our faith to know if we are truly saved. You know, my story is a lot like some of the people I listed before. In April 13th, 1997, I gave my life to the Lord. And because the preacher told me that I was saved, or that was the message or the overall theme, then I thought I was saved. But later, as I studied the scripture, I understood that it's not up to a man to tell me if I'm saved, but it is up to my own faith, my own trust, my own salvation, my own seeking of the Lord to know if I am truly saved. So sometimes when we talk about, when we talk about the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit within us, sometimes people think that we are talking about works. So I want to be clear, just like I was last week, we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. It is nothing that we can do. It is nothing that we have done. We cannot do enough good things to lead to our own salvation. All of that is up to the Holy Spirit. It is up to God and His work within us. Every religion in the world gives you a list of things to do and of things not to do. The challenge with Christianity is that it doesn't have anything to do with what we do. It only has to do with what Jesus did. And that's the glory of it. You see, once God saves us, once the Holy Spirit indwells us, the Holy Spirit never leaves us. And scripture is very clear. It tells us that He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. That once we are saved by grace through faith, we are sealed that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life and it cannot be erased. The work that God has done in someone does not fall void. So today we are talking about how can we look at the evidence of our life, the evidence of the things that, that we do, that we're motivated by, to test our faith. Scripture tells us that we are to test our faith. You see, we are all on a journey. And there's a, a Christian word, that's what I like to call them, a Christian word here, that means sanctification. And basically what that means is we're all on a path in our lives where we were once a sinner, we came to know the Lord Jesus, and that's where it starts. And it is our path from where we're at to where we're going to become more and more like Christ every day. It is a, it is a journey of life, and we will never get there in our lifetime. But that is the journey. We become more righteous as the Holy Spirit works through us. We cannot walk in darkness. Last week we, we looked at, we're going to be in 1 John, but last week we looked at chapter 1. And one of the verses that we talked about was verse 6 in chapter 1. And it was this, it says, So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. 
If so, we are not practicing the truth. You see, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the light. This word here, living in spiritual darkness, is actually a, a wandering around, is what it means. If we are out wandering aimlessly, and we are, have no path in front of us, and we are just wandering in the world, we are wandering in darkness. You see, we will never be perfect. We will never be without sin. In fact, last week we talked about chap, on chapter 1, verse 8, it says, If we claim we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves And we are not living in the truth. So this message today is not about being perfect. It is about seeing the evidence of the Holy Spirit work in our lives. The day by day, second by second, we become more and more like Christ. As we focus on Him, as we pray, as we learn the things of God, as we build that relationship... We become more and more like Christ. And as we become more and more like Christ, we do the things that Christ would do. God wants us to have comfort in knowing that we are saved by grace. In fact, Romans 8.16 says this, For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. In other words, part of the Holy Spirit's ministry is to believers is to give them the assurance of their salvation. Since the Holy Spirit is the divine author of Scripture, it lays it out here for us in 1 John that we can look for ways to test our faith. In fact, Scripture also tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13.5 that we should examine ourselves to see if our faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, You have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourself, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of our apostolic authority. Jesus said that on the day of judgment, there would be many people that thought of themselves to be Christians. We talked about this last week. These are are people that they think it's, well, Jesus was a great guy, so yeah, I'm a great person, so I must be a Christian. But they don't know the things of God. They don't know what leads to salvation. They don't understand the faith, the repentance, the believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died and rose from the dead for the payment of our sins. And if we repent of those sins, then the Bible tells us that we are saved. But Jesus says this in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. And that brings us to today. Last week, we tested our consciousness. And we did that by what is our conviction or what is the sensitivity to our sin? When we sin, what, does, what happens inside of us? Because if we don't have any repentance, if we don't have any remorse for the sins that we commit, then we tread on very uneven ground. And I would tell you that You must push into the Lord. You must test your faith. We should be moved through repentance. The Holy Spirit should be grieved inside of us every time that we sin. 
That is one area of testing our faith. Today, we'll look at, do we follow God's word? So here in chapter 2, John tells, tells us, and we can be sure that we know him if we know his commands. Verse 4, if someone claims, I know God, but does not obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. You see, Jesus was asked, what is the most important law? And actually, when they asked him that, they were trying to trick him. But Jesus had the great answer. And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your spirit. And he said, and the second is like this, that you would love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, all the laws and the commandments rest on these two principles. And we see here, John is talking about it, that we are to love one another. That this is a true testament of our faith. That if anyone, here in verse 9, if anyone claims, I am living in the light, but hates their fellow believer, that person is still living in the darkness. And once again, living in the darkness is wandering in the darkness. It is not a call to repentance. It is not following the path to become more and more like Jesus. Once again, becoming a Jesus follower. He goes on in verse 10, anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause another to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. So as we examine our lives, not only our love for our brothers, but also the sin in our lives. Have we been blinded by the darkness? Or do we feel that call to repentance? Do we feel that call to love our fellow man? That call to live and love God? The second aspect to this is so important in this day and age that we live in. And I'm so moved with it, I don't even know necessarily how to deliver it to you today. I think the best way would be just to read the Scriptures to you. Here in chapter 2, starting in verse 15, it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and our pride and our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. You see, John is not telling us here that we should look outside and that we should hate the things that God has created. That's not it at all. There is beauty in the world and there's beauty in the creation of what God has created. What John is talking about here is the pleasures of the world, what the world offers and says, oh, this is what you're looking for. How many times and how many of you have gone about looking for something only to get it and know that 
that's not really. So you're fo- not really what you need, not really what you wanted. You don't feel fulfilled. So you focus and you turn and you go to look for something else. Only to never, ever find what you're looking for. You see, that's what John is telling us here. These people that follow the world, these are the people that are wandering in the darkness. He says here, a craving for the things that we see, for pride in our achievements and pride in our possessions. In fact, the Bible goes on to tell us that this world will all burn up in a fire. The only thing that's left is our relationship with God and our relationship with our fellow man and how we love one another. So when we look at our lives and we look at what's important, is our life that we're living worth what Christ died for? I think Leonard Ravenhill said that. Is our life that we're living worth Christ dying for? Does it advance the kingdom of God? When we go out into the world, when we go out into our our jobs, is our focus to love other people, to love God, to show God's love, to spread the gospel, is that our overarching theme while we do our daily work? Just remember, to be a Christian, our relationship with God is number one. Being a Christian is not a label. Being a Christian is following Jesus wherever He goes. It is doing the things that Jesus would do. It is not falling for the lie that the world offers. A chasing after the wind. That there is truth. That there is peace. In the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are things that we all struggle with. Once again, I remind you. We are looking for the evidence of faith in our life. When we look back over the course of our lives, from the time we became a Christian to now, can we see the evidence of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives? These are some of the things. Do we have a call to repentance? Do we love our fellow brother? Are we chasing after the things of the world? Are we in perspective of what is most important? Is our faith and trust in Christ and in Christ alone? You see, I don't know why we would put our faith and trust in anything other than Him. He is in control. God is in control. He's in control of everything that's in our lives. And we live in a very challenging time. We live in a time of a global pandemic. We live in a time of political uncertainty in many parts of the world. I pray and hope that as we examine ourselves, as we think about loving our brother, as we think about not focusing and getting so caught up on the things of the world, but knowing that it doesn't matter who's the president, 
who's the leader of your country, all that matters is that Christ is on the throne. And it is our job to follow him. So I want to pray for you now. I want to pray that the Spirit encourages you, that the Spirit that moves you, that as we reflect on these things, yes, we may step off the path. We are not going to be perfect. But that we know where the path is and we are on that path. That we are not wandering in the darkness. And as long as we are not wandering in the darkness, then we can rest assured and we can have faith and know that our salvation is true. So join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word shapes and changes us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you. We thank you that you did what none of us could do, that it took God to do what no man could do to save our wretched souls. We know, Lord, that we test ourselves, that we test our faith based upon your word and not how we feel because we know our heart is deceitful among all things. That's what the word tells us. We know that our emotions sway in all kinds of different ways. But we know that your word is the truth and that we can rest in the truth. Lord, I pray for every person that's listening. I pray, Lord, that you would just fill them with the Holy Spirit, that they would be able to feel your spirit moving through them now. Lord, I pray that you would just move us by giant leaps and bounds to become more and more like Christ. That we would move quickly to be, to be that reflection of you to the world in a time such as this, in a time before your coming, Lord Jesus. We pray for a great harvest of people. We pray that salvation would spring up from the ground throughout the entire world. That the flag of Christ would be on every hill everywhere. We pray that hearts would be changed and that people would come to know you. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the courage to tell people about you, not only through our words, but through our actions. That through our actions, people could see and tell that we are followers of Christ. That love is in our heart. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for our duty. We thank you for the job that you've laid out for us. That each and every one of us have a purpose to fulfill your kingdom. We thank you so much. Give us the strength, the courage, and fill us and armor us with the Holy Spirit to go out and do the work that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I would ask that if you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I mentioned earlier that our salvation comes by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with anything that we could do. It only has to do with what He has already done. In fact, Scripture tells us 
It is that way so that no man may boast. That we can only boast in Jesus Christ. So you may say, well, what does this mean to be saved? You see, when each one of us dies, there is one of two places that we go. There is no gray area. There is no other belief. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. But I will tell you, heaven is being with Jesus. It is understanding that everything in this book is the true and inspired word of God. That you cannot disagree with any of it. If you disagree with one thing, you should throw the whole thing out. But if you say, yes, this is true and amen, and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead for payment for your sins, and you feel that conviction for your sins and you repent of your sins, the Bible tells us that you can be saved. There is no special or specific prayer, as I say every week, for someone to pray to be saved. It is a change of heart and a profession of your faith. That is all it is. I will lead you in a prayer because if you're somewhere and you want to pray and you believe and you have never asked for to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be saved, I'm going to give you that opportunity today. And if that's you today, pray with me and repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I am desperately in need of a Savior. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you came to this earth. That you lived a sinless life. That you died and rose from the dead. As payment for my sin. By putting my faith and trust in you. Lord Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for allowing me to spend eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today and this is the very first time that you, you have sought the Lord or, or, or maybe you wanted to recommit your life to Christ in some sort of way and you've been led to repentance this day, I pray that you would please email us, message us so that we can celebrate with you. You know, we're told in, in Scripture that for every sinner that repents, there is rejoicing in heaven, that there are angels that are rejoicing over one sinner that repents. If that's you today, please email us, please message us so that we can pray for you. It's important that you get a Bible if you don't have one, that you read it daily, that you pray, that you seek the Lord, and that you get plugged into a local Bible-believing church. And as always, so this message can reach more people, please like it, share it, so that it can reach more people for Christ. God bless you.